really, really good. If that five minutes is you screaming at the top of the voice, or do, or do one of my Zumba songs and really go for it, give yourself those five minutes. Or it might be laying down in a quiet room, no distractions, and just letting your thoughts wander. Or it could be a walk. Give yourself your time. It could just be five minutes. And that five minutes will pay much more dividends than you think. It really, really will. So how five minutes can change your life. Bestseller by Lisa Johnson. <laughs> yes. yes let's, yeah, let's come up with a list of all these things you can do for yourself in five minutes. <laughs> Hello. And welcome to Celebrating You. And I'm really, really honoured today, really excited. I've been looking forward to this for ages. I will introduce to you a very, very special woman, Lisa Johnson. Such a warm welcome to you. Thank you. And thank you for having me on here. I, like I say, it's been a long time, like you said, it's been a long time coming. <laughs> yeah, you've, you've kept me waiting. So <laughs> that's really good because I'm, I'm so curious to to hear from you, Lisa. And um, so all I'm going to do is ask you the, the simple question of what is it that you do and how did you come to be doing that? Okay, right. So I run Pearl Lifestyles and it is soon to be Pearl Life Community Interest Company. So I'm moving into social entrepreneurship, if that's the word, if that's how you say it. Um, and I enable and I empower women to rediscover their true selves and learn to love themselves, to work on the most important relationship of all, the one with themselves, um, because it underpins every other relationship you're ever going to have. Um, and I do that through a foundation of establishing um, and maintaining a healthy lifestyle um, and becoming aware of who you are, what you are and what you want to do. So, right. And the reason I'm doing all this, um, is because I know people meet me now and they see a really fit, healthy, bubbly, energetic person. Um, and, and that's who I am. That's who I am now. That's, that's me now. However, it wasn't who I was 14 years ago um, when I was living in a women's refuge um, with my seven-year-old son. Um, and I was um, consumed by guilt because of my son for keeping my, my son was seven so for keeping my son in a, an abusive environment for so long um uncertainty um, I didn't know what the future held um I was just a shadow of my former self I really really was um and the things before all of that happened um rewind a little bit before the relationship happened I was always fit and healthy I was you know, I used to be a gymnast. I grew up a really active, sporty child. I'd travelled the world, um, so quite confident in myself. You know, had really good job, um, and I'd also delved into self help. So, you know, you know, as you're growing up, um, I was in sort of early twenties, late teens, early twenties, and you're sort of unsure of who you are, what you want to do. Um, and so, I had started delving into self help and thought, oh, I'd like, you know, what's this thing called life coaching? Obviously, that was a long, long time ago. Um, I met my ex in 1996, so it was a very long time ago. But nonetheless, I had a great job. I had two jobs, um, lovely holidays, fantastic life. Um, and then I met my ex. Um, after, like I said, I travelled the world, had this great job. Um, and within a matter of months, my life had spiralled into 
violence, fear, hatred, contempt, control. Um, and I would say probably within the space of three months, I was scared for my life. I'd been beaten to the point where um, I was scared that the next beating would be the end of it. Um, and there followed the first two years of extreme violence, um, extreme control. I've always said you brought a level of violence into my life that I never knew existed. I, I, I never knew. I grew up in quite sort of South London council estate. Um, so I was pretty tough, you know. <laughs> my family was a pretty tough family, but this was something else. This was like what you see in films. This was being chased after in the road on the dark night and dragged home. It was hours of being tortured um, and things. It was to a level that you saw in the films. My life was just like a, a film. It really, really was. Um, and one pivotal moment I can remember that stays in my mind, I bear in mind, this was a long, long time ago, um, was one day, unusually, I've been left, I've been allowed to go out. I've been allowed to go out on my own with my family. Never normally happens, never normally happens. It was always a case of, yeah, you can go, and then an hour or so later it would be, um, something would happen. He'd engineer an argument, or I'd apparently do something wrong, so I wasn't allowed to go out. I'd been allowed out, was out for the afternoon or so. As I walked back in, I walked into this patio door, so I went around the back, opened the patio doors, and I looked in the living room, and every single one of my belongings, my clothes, was torn to shreds, was ripped to pieces every single thing I owned um, and that was me gone that day I just I looked around um, and I was on quite a high because I've been allowed my freedom a bit I thought oh god things might be changing and then I got home to that and I looked at him and he was sitting in on the chair with his head in his hands as if to say you know I don't know what I've done it's not my fault um, and I just felt the last ounce of me just literally drain away I just lost me that day my, I was gone that day um, um but life went on uh, violence continued I, I couldn't get away i tried to leave I, I tried to kill myself uh well i did sorry no i didn't try to kill myself i thought about killing myself and then my mum turned up um just before i took the pills um and but life just went on i couldn't get away i was scared of what would happen if i did what what he would do to me if i did leave um I was scared of what he'd do to my family if I left, you know, I was trapped and I couldn't see any way out. Um, and then I fell pregnant. Um, and I can remember going to the doctors by myself. Um, and then I phoned him afterwards and said, yeah, I'm pregnant. And he was like, if you get rid of it, I'm going to come and kill you. Um, and he would have, you know, he would, I, I knew to the level of what, how I'd been hurt previously, um, he would have. Um, and I remember standing in a phone box, phoning my mum in tears, saying, Mum, I'm pregnant. And she's like, oh, Lisa, like, what are you? Because they were aware of what was going on, but there was nothing, they couldn't do anything. They kept trying to get me away and I'd go back. Um, I was just in fear for my life and for their lives. Um, so anyway, I went back um, and ironically enough, three months into being pregnant, he suffocated me till I blacked out. Um, so he did actually nearly kill me. Um, I think he panicked when he felt me go. Um, and yeah, um, and then things just carried on. The violence did stop, um, but he didn't need to use violence anymore. Like the control, I was pregnant with his child. Um, 
And Louis Ray being born, um, I always share his name and he's okay with me sharing his name. We've got our story all over YouTube. Um, it was the greatest thing for me because he, my ex wasn't in the hospital when I had my child, when I had him, he was off doing something else. Um, and when my son was born, I had a different focus. I had a bit more strength about me. I had something more to live for because I wasn't living for myself at that point. Um, but I still stayed until my son was pregnant, until Louis Ray was seven. Um, numerous attempts to leave, uh, a refuge attempt um, when Louis Ray was two and he got to me, he got my mum to send me a letter. So he'd even got around my mum as well. And I, I believed he was gonna change. He wrote all this in a letter saying how insecure he felt, how great I was and he was just jealous of me. And, and that was the only way he could keep me in check, but he knew it was wrong, blah, blah, blah. So. I went back. Um, I went back after the police pressed charges and he was charged with ABH against me and I still went back. Um, and then finally, nine years after meeting him, after being with him, so my son was seven, we left and we left for good. We got to the refuge um, and I knew that day that was it, that was for good, something had changed inside me. I know what it is, you know. I, I was doing it for Louis Ray, I wasn't doing it for me. But you know, um, a few weeks before we left for the refuge, Louis Ray had, at six, had told me that he was scared of his dad. Um, he was like, mum, dad goes crazy sometimes. And I'm like, yeah, I know darling, but you know, and I knew then I had to do something. There've been a few like little things that had happened that, uh, not little things actually, a few um, worries I'd had about how he was treating Louis Ray. And I even, in my cloud of confusion, not knowing black from white, I phoned the NSPCC once when I was at work and said, is it usual for a dad to slap his child in the face in Sainsbury's? And obviously they were like, no, um, it's not. Um, and I knew it, but he could twist so much. He, he could twist so much and my head was so full of abuse. I saw it everywhere. And part of me thought I was just warped. I was just so damaged. I couldn't see anything other than abuse and that maybe he really did love Louis Ray, which I'm sure he did um, in his own way. And that I was making it up. Um, and there was one day Louis, I got in and Louis Ray had a massive bump on his head. Um, and I thought I've got, you know, something weren't right. It, it just happened and there was something not right. And Louis Ray at the time went to a private school in South London. Um, way beyond our means but that's another story um and i walked to school that day with him because that was the only time we used to get together so we'd walk 45 minutes there and 45 minutes back just so i could get some time alone with louis ray um i asked to speak to the teacher and i said oh um, louis ray said that um his dad has done this i mean talk about a cry for help you know like now and now you know and she said oh don't worry they, they Kids often blame their parents. And that day I was like, it's me. Like I'm twisted. I'm the one that's seeing all this abuse. It's my, it's me. It's just the way I'm looking at the world now. Because I've been abused, I think everyone's being abused. And how awful was I to think that he would hurt his son like that? And I felt awful. So clambered up and then Louis Ray come out with those words that I'm scared of dad. And then he would, he was brushing his teeth one morning, a couple of mornings afterwards, no, the morning afterwards. 
you know and when he said it was dad you know like, dad did do this you know and i was just like oh i know darling i, I know but what can you do because i didn't want him to be like but oh, okay how did it happen how did it happen and then make he was six him clamber up i i had to make it seem as normal as possible well that's what i thought was the right thing to do as his parent and to enable him to open up to me i had to make it seem okay like normal not not normal in the way that it would carry on like that but then i knew i there was no way i was not going to do something about this now um so yeah so we ended up at the refuge and that day i honestly believe and i say to louis ray now at six years old that boy saved my life because i wouldn't you know i know if i was literally one uh, beating up i don't know how to say it properly away from from him taking it too far and i couldn't have got away and just moved away with louis ray he wouldn't have let me do that so we got to the refuge um day the day you know was all obviously that day moving to the ref running away was very stressful but at the same time i remember our train journey because you i found women's aid they said get a train to here somebody will meet you at the train station didn't even know where winchester was never even heard of winchester before in my life um but that day my sister would pick me up from work and we'd have this like cloak and dagger um store cloak and dagger sort of story like i'd taken my call to my my partner at the time because he'd drop ellis uh, not ellis a louis ray to school then me to work he'd go to work he would phone me to make sure it was okay, i was okay and in work that i'd walked up to the stairs to work and then he'd tell me he loved me and that meant that was okay i wasn't i hadn't done anything wrong that morning so that all happened as normal um and then I phoned my sister, my boss knew, my bo I'm still friends with my boss, she was amazing. Um, she come picked me up, so we sort of ran, ran, got, got me, went to Louis Ray's school, got him, and Louis Ray's like, Mum, where are we going? And I'm like, we're going on holiday for a couple of weeks to Holland, just me and you. Um, and he went, is Dad dead? And I'm, I still to this day don't know what, I think because I was crying, I don't know what that meant, whether that was, I can assume and maybe, want to believe that that was hope i don't mean to be awful but probably that you know in my heart if i'm being completely honest i would love i don't i don't know anyway i'll make it what i want yeah no one can do. um anyway so we got to that and that train journey to the refuge i felt free for the first time in nine years you know we shared this twix silly little thing isn't it but we shared this Twix and we laughed and we joked the whole way, um, about an hour or so's journey, the whole way. Um, and life in the refuge started. Um, and it was a time of confusion, of uh, doubt, of uncertainty, of guilt. You know, we, it was very cloak and dagger. We weren't allowed to tell anywhere when, anyone where we lived. Um, the solicitors all, you had to do a court case we went through this court case um, and all the solicitors stuff went from a different solicitors so that he couldn't identify where we lived um and the first month or so was all about the court case um it was all about keeping louis ray safe um i went against any parental responsibility i didn't want him near louis ray at the time i wondered in my am i being selfish but i honestly thought that was the best thing for louis ray i really really did um and luckily so did the judge um because he ordered no direct no contact whatsoever which was good for us 
at the time because it was a clear break as much as he kept trying to email me and trying to worm his way back in um it was good in a way but it it's awful in the way that it goes to show the level of abuse that louis ray suffered um in those seven years um so it's a bit of sweet really um however looking on the bright side that i try and tell that you have to do um in these you know situations it meant we had a clear break and i didn't have the difficulties that a lot of women and and, pet, and men suffer and that then their ex still abuses them and keeps control through the children and through contact and things so i it was like i say it was that every cloud's got a silver lining i truly believe that and that was my silver lining it enabled us to have as, as much as i still had to respond to every email he sent i know i was going against everything you know because social services had said you know if you see him again louis ray will be taken off of you which again i know is awful and it's the worst thing you can hear but that gave me the okay to say i can't see you i couldn't do it for myself but i could do it for the safety of louis ray and it was a blessing in disguise that because the minute social services backed me up and said no you've gone through something really really bad here um no matter what your ex says no matter how much he's played it down louis ray's not allowed to see his dad and that was like that was justification because i couldn't just go up against my ex but i've now had the police i had social services i had my solicitors all all gunning with me and so it gave me a bit more strength so life in the refuge carried on you're in there for six months um and i started working on me again you know i'd completely lost me to the fact where the first time i went to tesco's i didn't know what food to buy because i'd always been told what food to buy and i felt naughty buying a tin of value tuna because we always had to have the very best of everything not that we could afford it you know you know i used to go shopping with our tiny bit of money that i had because it was in so much debt and have to buy finest of this taste the difference of this and i would buy the cheaper stuff run home change the packaging so that he didn't think it was that you know it was so i'd got to test with louis ray i said what bar of chocolate do you want and if i'd have left him an hour later he'd still be standing in tesco's not knowing because we did not know who we were and louis ray at age seven truly truly believed that his dad could hear his thoughts he would not talk out loud about it and then he told me to be he told me to speak quietly in case dad heard that was how controlled we were that's how much we lost ourselves so anyway deep breath that was then that was then and then life in the refuge it it was hard i'm not going to say it was easy louvre went straight to school a couple of days of the week we got there on the thursday he started school on the monday hardest thing about that it broke my heart to have dragged him away from everything and everyone he knew to then leave him in a school where we didn't know anyone and i got to the council because i had to apply for benefit bits that i've never done before and things um and i burst out crying to the lady at the council with the poor lady but she's like ah okay you know but oh it's just my heart just broke for him like it like it still probably does he's 21 now and it still does now and again i don't think you ever get over that but um and but the ladies that I, I shared the refugees were fantastic i'm still friends with some of them and this was 14 years ago you know so um but i used that time to get me back i started running i started jogging i started becoming fitter again i started choosing my own foods which 
really excited me and because it could we could have our healthy foods of whose we chose i didn't necessarily i know it it's it was just a way of getting me back i used this healthy lifestyle to find myself again and again a pivotal moment which is so so small was louis rose at school i bought a magazine a healthy lifestyle magazine i went upstairs and i read it cover to cover no one disturbed me and i was sharing a room with however many you know damaged obviously emotionally damaged women that were going through rubbish and it was the happiest day of my life for like years it was the most luxurious indulgent day you know um so yeah so we done that and then we got through while i was at the refuge i worked i um i volunteered at the school where louis ray was going um i ended up getting a job at the school once i'd left the refuge um and i did get pregnant again um with somebody who's also abusive um who i'd actually met while i was living in the refuge but with all due respect he, those demons are done we're sorted we're still in contact he's a great dad to, to my youngest you know that's no but it's that's more a bearing on where i was in order to attract that that sort of person still to a much much lesser degree um but no matter how much i worked on myself i couldn't shake these feelings of not being good enough of being unworthy of being lesser person than everybody else i met of letting myself down of letting louis ray down of then of letting ellis down because you know we were now a single parent family and i had two children with nine years apart my children were you know or we was in a one-bedroom flat you know until when i left the refuge i left with nothing not even knives and forks we didn't have a cooker or a fridge for weeks you know um so i had still so, I had so much guilt and i didn't like myself still i hated myself to be honest i felt dirty i felt damaged i disgusted myself and that's very very strong words but that's how you feel that's how they've made you feel and the damage they've done isn't about the broken bones it's not about the bruises it's about the damage that's gone deep deep down as and affected your beliefs about yourself um and these beliefs i feel showed up with regard by way of my romantic relationships and my relationships with other people so you know i'd attract men like i say like with my my youngest dad that weren't um very nice to me um that wouldn't treat me very well that wouldn't respect me um that didn't respect me sorry that didn't appreciate and value me as they should do <laughs> as they should do so i carried on working on myself i'm very like i said i was very much into my healthy lifestyle my, i did feel start feeling really a lot lot better in myself which brought my confidence up and i noticed a direct correlation between how good i felt about myself to how good i was therefore being treated by others directly the better i treated myself the better other people treated me and i've done the rounds i've got to admit i've done the rounds um desperate to find this be a family desperate to be you know this perfect family that my my other you know my sisters had, had managed to achieve um desperate to find that love but the more i fell in love with myself the less i needed that love from outside and it got to the point after all this internet dating <laughs> where i thought do you know what i don't need anyone i am 
decent person i'm bringing up these kids really really well i'm proud of the mum i now am to my boys you know i had a job i was providing we've gone on holiday every year i was doing all right you know and i thought you know what i'm doing all right and then i met my husband um and it was a completely different story this time something i've never experienced before you know i met him i met him online and the day we met we, we weren't gonna it was all a bit of a faff to be honest and i almost let him down but it didn't we all we managed to grab it together and oh my goodness i'm so glad we did because the day we met i walked into the pub to meet him and um something physically clicked inside me i didn't know what it was at the time because i didn't and he knows this i didn't particularly fancy him i didn't think what you know like what i was used to doing when i met people but we chatted and we chatted and we chatted and at one point he said oh um he said oh so nice to just be able to chat he said because the people the girls i've been the women i've been meeting you know all they go on about is that they've been in an abusive relationship and they don't want to get treated like rubbish and i'm like oh okay <laughs> i've got something to tell you <laughs> and i was like i was in an abusive relationship with a very very lot like quite a severely abusive relationship um and i was like and yeah i used to live in the refuge and he's like oh okay and then he was like and then so bear in mind i had a at the time i had a five-year-old and a 14 year old and he said oh i've got four kids and i'm like oh okay and so both of us were like whoa not too sure about this but anyway we had a great night he let me chat he made me feel important you know um i walked into the door and felt stupid but it was fine you know silly little things he made me feel comfortable and comfortable enough to be me um and from that day on he never gave me any reason to doubt him uh, he never let me down um he's the best thing that apart from my children he's the best thing that ever happened to me um he loves me unconditionally he supports everything i do that final, that click was my final piece of the puzzle. It really, really was. And he's enabled me to truly be free to be me. Now, don't get me wrong, when I'm saying enabled, I was already at that point of loving myself enough to be me because I don't think I would have met him had I not been in that position. However, when you have that support of true love, unconditional love, geez, now I know why my, my, my sister's so confident and does whatever she wants because she's always had that from 18 19 years old you know i'm not saying you you need you need to find that in within yourself first but it is that final piece i really you know so so anyway met my husband um was working had a, a really lovely lovely job um not as well paid as i wanted to and was really um feeling I needed to do more, you know, I, I wanted to do more with myself. I wanted to fulfill my potential and earn my potential and things. Um, and, and that was it, wasn't it? It should be all hunky-dory. I've got this man that loves me. I've got, you know, the great children. You know, we've got lots of children between us. We've got six children. However, they all got on so well. They were all lovely. They, they've made it so easy for us. His children are a lot older. So we've got from like a 30 year old to, a, to Ellis who's 12. So we've got a lot, <laughs> a lot of children at a lot of different ages, but it's so easy, love them all. They are fantastic. Um, so that's it, isn't it? I'm sorted. And then I went self-employed and I was meeting people who, are, who didn't know me, who didn't know my past, 
who didn't know my dirty little secrets, who didn't know how damaged I was. This is how I was talking to myself at this, how I started talking to myself again, which blew me away because I thought I was over all this shit. Sorry, all over this. Um, and I felt awful. I felt I was lying to people. I thought people were getting to know me and liking me, but they didn't know me. They didn't know who I was. So I was lying to them and this made me feel like a fraud and I'd never felt as good as anybody else. I always felt that everybody was better than me. Um, and don't get me wrong. I know now, no, going self-employed, running your own business is a roller coaster of emotions. We all have self-doubt. It's part of our growth. I'm a coach. I know it's part of our growth. Um, you know, if we, if we're not having doubt, we're not growing. If we're not feeling uncomfortable, we're not growing. We're not moving forward. I get that. But what got me is these awful words I'd used to describe myself and to talk to myself. I hated myself. I spoke to myself with disgust. I was dirty. I was damaged. I, I wasn't good enough to be in their company. And I'm like, where the hell, where on earth has this come from? Like, I've got this guy that worships the ground I work on, walk on, we've got fantastic relationship with the kids. You know, by this time, I'd shared my story a lot. And my son, who's now grown up, I'd shared a bit more of what went on. And he was like, mum, you're amazing. You've done the right thing. You know, I am who I am now because of you. And I wouldn't want to be anyone else. And like, you're my, I love you. Like, I have got, I had so much support. But why wasn't it good enough? Why isn't that enough? Why was that not enough for me? I didn't get it. And it's because of these, the emotional damage that abuse and domestic abuse does to you, any form of abuse. You know, don't, you know, I went through the whole range, the whole list of forms of domestic abuse. I'm on it, you know. But that doesn't make any, others, uh, any other person's abuse any less traumatic. Whatever we've abused, we've done, it's got us deep down. It has got, and it's got hold of us because it has been repeated and repeated. And that's what they do. They make you feel worthless. They don't just make you feel worthless. They make you believe you're worthless. And only you can get yourself out of that belief. And being, doing the self-coaching that I, I knew, um, that I knew of and, and, and coaching myself and, working on myself my body and my health I was aware that do you know what I can't do all this by myself so I, I got a mindset coach um and uh, who was wonderful you know she didn't work on the fact that I was an abused person she worked on my mind my present mindset you know what was making me feel not good enough what you know and I kept saying to her I know I can do so much good with women I know I am meant, I know I am meant to work with other women. I know it hurts me deep down inside to know that other women feel rubbish about themselves, whether that's because of past abuse or whether because it's just because they've put themselves at the bottom of the list for far too long. I know, I understand how that hurts, how debilitating it can be. And I said to her, I know I can do this. I don't know how, you know, and I don't, but there's something stopping me. It's the, the self-belief, you know, is stopping me and feeling I'm not good enough. It's stopping me. And anyway, she enabled me to, to get rid of or push through as much as I could um, to start doing what I'm doing now.
the running paradise you know running a healthy lifestyle club that helps all women that have sort of lost sight of themselves and feeling uncomfortable in their own skin to feel better about themselves to feel confident about their bodies doesn't matter about what weight you are you know don't get me wrong some of people come with weight loss goals we soon get rid of them weight loss goals because it's about how you feel inside how comfortable you feel on the inside in your own skin so i run the healthy lifestyle club i'm a quite a certified life coach and I'm now doing my professional life coaching qualifications to be accredited um, because I understand and it gets me and I want to enable and support women to feel fantastic about themselves because, you know, I, I focus on just women because that's where the deeper understanding comes from. And I'm not pushing away, pushing aside anything that men have gone through, you know, anything like that. It's just where I choose to, to work. Um, because when you feel good about yourself, when you love yourself enough, you are less likely to get involved with somebody that's gonna hurt you, with someone that's gonna treat you with anything other than the love, respect and appreciation you deserve. So by doing that, I felt I was taking a step towards not eradicating, but reducing the likelihood of the amount of women stuck in abusive relationships or returning to abusive relationships. Um, or getting involved in a, an abusive relationship in the first place um and now i've gone a step further and i'm setting up my social enterprise which is due to be registered at the end of the week when i can get all the forms um signed by my lovely two directors um so as we move forward as i move forward with this it's going to enable me to help survivors with the thriving part of their journey there's so many wonderful charities out there doing prevention work doing intervention work but i know from experience that once you're out there on your own once you've been housed once you've gone through the level of support they can offer you're on your own and you're on your own with them demons you really really are and it's taken me a long time to walk my walk and by using the profits I make from my healthy lifestyle club, from my, my independent private coaching and mentoring. Um, I can fund coaching, mentoring, therapies. I, you know, I know lots of lovely therapists that are going to be coming on board. Um, and co other coaches, you know, to provide a level of service or a holistic service to these women, identifying what they want to move, how they can move forward with their lives, make the most of their freedom which will reduce the chances of them going back or staying in that circle of of that abusive toxic circle that you do get drawn into and that, that you find comfortable i want to help them push that push what do what i'm doing push their comfort zone to reach and fulfill their potential because we all deserve ultimate love respect and appreciation and to be living the life that we dream of we really really do and i'm on my way and yeah it's taken me a long time but with my experience, with my knowledge, with my professional experience, you know, with my mentoring, with the help of my directors and the support of other therapists and that, that I know will open the doors and light the way for survivors to not just survive, to, to thrive and, and make the most of it, despite what the past, the past is the past guys. And um, that's done. You know, we might have to deal with certain things that have come up as a result of the past, but there is so much light and love ahead of us there really really is and that's why i do what i do and that's why i'm going to you know build my social enterprise <laughs> and that's it really that's me um in a nutshell sort of <laughs> wow <laughs> i've just spent all of that crying and snotting my face off on the other <laughs> <end of this. laughs> 
<laughs> I saw you cry, but crying, and that gets me because I don't. And then that take you off. You know what? But that's whether I don't think it's selfishly. That's the emotions we need to invoke, isn't it? Because when you get when you can feel that sort of level of emotion, then the hope is even higher. Then the light is even brighter. Then you can see the potential of what of how much is out there. You know, because if you can go from that to that hope of do what you want to do, do what you love. Let's work on you first. Learn to love yourself. Let's get you going. Let's get your diet. I know this is me. Get your diet and fitness going. Let's get you looking after yourself in the most universal, acceptable way possible. And let's reach for them stars once you feel confident enough to go for it. Um, That's so powerful because so many people say that. And then when you say it, it's it, the words, the energy behind your words is, is so, so, so powerful because you have that lived experience mm. of why self-love is a lifesaver, why self-love is a game changer, and, um, and why, and I, I'm really passionate that women stop putting themselves last and stop treating themselves like rubbish because I've, I've always asked myself, because I've experienced a lot of um, trauma and, and devastation in my life, so from the beginning of my life. So when I was a little girl, I used to look at the clouds and ask the sky, why is there hurt in the world? Why, if there's a God, why does he let mm. bad things happen? Why did they kill my dad? I was, I was in a civil war and my dad was murdered. And we came to England when I was six years old. Okay. So I've I've been in that facing mm. that since I was little because yeah. nobody like like you say, nobody counselled us. No. That level of post traumatic stress and all the rest of it. So um so why and then so I've always asked myself that question because that's a really powerful question. Why does bad happen? So because surely then if I understand that, thought my little young child mind, then I can help goodness to happen. At mm. least if I've suffered, let other people not mm. suffer like I have, or at least can I be in service, such as you explain. And, and the conclusion I come to again and again, now more as a mature woman, is that, that a lot of the suffering is caused because women put themselves last. Mm. And they treat themselves like shit. Yeah. And they allow themselves to be treated like shit because um, we are educated, taught, programmed, brainwashed and mind controlled to put ourselves last and take care of everybody else first. Yeah. And I think that's the problem. Yeah. I think that's the problem. And, and you are saying the solution. And I, I agree with you. I, yeah. I think that is the solution. It's always in that you've grown up like I use that analogy. I don't know if you can remember years ago there was that um, the advert about who are you going to give your last Rolo to? Yeah, I remember. Oh, I give my last Rolo myself. Bloody self. Oh, why, do I, why is someone? Why does someone have to have my last Rolo? <laughs> Annoy me that. Yeah, I used to make that. It's such a metaphor, isn't it? Like, why is some everyone else more important than you? Yeah. Why does everyone else deserve that last Rolo but not you? Yeah, and that's a that's a really interesting conditioning, isn't it? You know, it why, is. why should I have to give everything to yeah. others 
and then forget about myself. That's, I mean, that yeah. for me is the be all and end all of the question because if woman is well, mm. happy, okay, relaxed, supported, well, the whole world works. The family works, the marriage works, the, the, world, the world just works. It really does. But, and I know that now. I know because of how well I'm working now with the support, you know, it, it, we have to fill our own cup. I know it's a cliche, but we have to fill our own cup. And I've done that, you know, something I've done that really stood out, actually having said this was obviously being a single parent and again, like, which you often end up as a single parent. I don't mean to generalize here, but you often end up as a single parent when you leave an abusive relationship as a woman. Um, so then the, the kids always come first, don't they? And I remember one of what that my one step towards my self love and self respect and self appreciation of my time. I used to take half an hour a day to watch a program I wanted to watch. And I started, and at first it was really difficult. I'd said to, you know, because Ellis was a toddler and I was like, but can you two play in the, your room for half an hour? I just want half an hour. It was really difficult at first and they kept coming out and coming out. And then after about a month or so, I would be so angry if they come out. Not if they come out, but if they disturbed me, they could come out. But And that's you valuing your own time. And that's you showing them as children as well that you value. Your time is also important. What you want is also important. But like you say, we're brought up and conditioned. Everyone else comes before us, guys. And don't get me wrong. We have this built-in urge don't we, to look after i want to cook lovely meals for my husband and my children i want to do that there's nothing wrong in that what there is something wrong in is when their needs always come before your own and because then you start to feel resentful then you lose sight of who you are if i ask you not you personally but if i ask somebody what do you want and like, what do you like doing and they're like you're like when was the last time you done something you like doing when was the last time you chose what as a family you were doing? Doesn't matter what the kids wanted, you know, because the kids are, don't get me wrong. You know, I'm, I've got two boys on my own. I'm a football mum. I've done a lot for my children and I still do. And I love doing it. I love looking after my children. I really do. However, I can look after them a lot better when I've got something in the tank. Exactly. And that's what it is. And like you say, when we're operating, the whole world is operating I, yeah. I, I just think that you know this is why i'm so passionate about publishing and broadcasting these conversations because they're game changers they're mm. like they're life-saving mm. you know, some of these podcasts have, have changed people's lives already yeah. and i just think what what you're saying is what, what you've just illustrated is that if something is, is shone the light of consciousness on something. So, for example, everybody wants to do this and want to do that. But if, if I'm not taking part in that or if I'm not putting my needs into the mix as well, it's just something to be aware of. Yeah. So we're not saying or you're not saying, right, totally change your head, flip top head. Do you remember that advert? New, mm. new head that's got self-respect in it and good boundaries and that, that's not going to work it's just having the awareness of oh yeah i'm doing that thing again oh yeah that's why i'm feeling resentful because i haven't had a minute to myself all day do you know what one of my clients tasks at the moment between these next two is between sessions is to have five minutes a day on her bed 
just listening to herself five minutes and she's like yeah I was like can you do that and she's like I think so I'm like can you do that yes I can okay tell your boys tell the older ones you know you're just having five minutes that it doesn't have to be right okay it's all about me now that's not what we're saying you know it's just about like you said being aware of oh do you know what i'm starting to feel a little bit resentful my temp my tempers is i'm coming a bit short-tempered um i'm snapping a bit i need some time for me i'm not giving myself enough and how do you do that through living a healthy lifestyle look after yourself you know it's an easy simple way to look after yourself feed yourselves good food get out for some regular exercise get out for a lot of fresh air spend five minutes being with you and you alone doesn't take a lot of time uh, but it's such really makes really a big difference to the way you present yourself to the way you know the more love you give yourself the more open you are to to receive love and to give to others i think it, it's obviously not hard it's like please will you give yourself five minutes of me time a day yeah. and then they go away going yes i'll do that and then you oh, yeah i yeah no they're not going to it's like yes please of course go yeah. So we go back to, I think what you've illustrated and what you've presented is actually how big that mountain is to climb mm. and go down again to actually get to that real point of power of going, actually, I will give myself that five minutes or buy myself that magazine yeah. and put myself the time to read it because it's, that's, that's a really good point that, that you've made. It's, coaches all over the place dish out fabulous wellness advice that's great now now the, the the mountain of actually being that and doing that and really embodying that i think is a real it's a real like night and day difference yes yeah and like i say when i said easy i mean the actual action is easy taking the action isn't easy that's the thing because of these beliefs of not being worthy of being not as important as other people I've always, you know, some one of my clients, I said, so what did you do instead of your five minutes? Oh, I've done the hoovering. You know, and it's about why did you feel doing the hoovering was more important than having five minutes to yourself? That's what, that's the difficult bit. That's the bit we work on, you know, and, th and we do that through, and that's why I use a foundation of a healthy lifestyle because it's acceptable, isn't it? To say, actually, do you know what, guys? I'm doing this for all of us as a family. We're going to have salad tonight. I don't just promote eating salad, by the way, but but we're going to have a really healthy meal tonight. And that is easier than saying I'm having five minutes to myself. But it's still an act of self-care. That's why I use because it gets them into the habit of thinking, actually, I'm going to buy what I want because and it's going to make the kids, you know, it's going to be good for them as well. So it's a really why i say it's a universal acceptable way because lots of people are on diets which i don't agree with but uh you know trying to be healthy and that and that's why i think the foundation of a healthy lifestyle works so well because that's generally what works better first of all so they're like yeah actually i've stopped snacking of an evening you know that's that's great you know that gets them into the habit of thinking about what they want what they need and then we tackle a little bit extra like you say but you are worthy enough to have some time for yourself. Why not go and follow a hobby? But what, and then from there, what do you want in life? And by that time, hopefully, 
a little bit of a cloud is you know as as lifted and they're like actually i do want to do this and i think i'm going to take some time out to do it like you say we can't just say do you know what get off. right after this call you love yourself some of my clients can't even say the word love and self in the same sentence you love yourself you're going to have seven hours a day just indulging in what you want that is not going to happen however choosing um a salad at the side of your plate rather than chips will and that's an act of self-care in itself um and like you say i've got women that don't can't even look at themselves in the mirror at the moment so they're not going to go out and tell themselves they love themselves and that's why actually bringing up zumba <laughs> um which i i know i wasn't going to do zumba i wasn't going to bring zumba into the mix i love zumba i used to dance i love it i get love to get everybody shaking i love it and i stopped doing it at christmas and wasn't going to bring it into the mix but then i thought zumba is about appreciating your body it's not about how you look i don't we don't look like them girls in the zumba adverts we really don't i really don't you like people see my page i really don't it's about enjoying your body it's about letting yourself go and enjoying all that you are regardless of what you look like but just doing what feels good so that's why i brought zumba into the mix as well because it's about how you feel on the inside it's not about how you look on the outside you know don't get me wrong people have it the wrong way around they think if i look good if i lose weight i'm going to be happy totally wrong around if once you're happy with yourself you're going to outwardly look good how what you internalize comes to force in reality and externalizes um and it's about appreciating where you're at now isn't it and thinking like this is what i've got to work with it's not about i'm not one to promise losing weight in however many weeks in fact you know what a lot of my clients don't lose weight as quickly as they think they're gonna but by the time they've realized that they don't care because it's about how they're feeling so good about themselves you know i don't wait you know it's not about numbers it's not about the size you are it's not about how much money it's nothing to do with numbers it's all to do with how you feel and that takes a long time that doesn't take, that's not an overnight is it so i'm not going to come and say yes come with me and i'll you know you'll be a size eight and a however much stone and you know looking like a zumba lady in three weeks you're not and if you are you're not going to stay like that because you've not dealt with what's going on up here that's why people lose those away and put it back on again that's why millionaires lose all uh, people that win the lottery lose all their money again because they're not haven't got this they've not got the mindset in place to be rich to be healthy to be they need to get the mindset in place and that does not happen happen overnight really doesn't yes it doesn't yeah it doesn't so so some some takeaways that i'd like to take away from this yes lisa's five minutes challenge all right five minute challenge this five minute challenge like would you be willing to give yourself five minutes oh yes do it yes guys do it these are your super duper things right yeah yeah the real highlight because it sounds like nothing but it, it is an everest big massive humongous big difficult mountain to climb and and you've just really validated and qualified why that is and why you insist that and i insist yeah 
give yourself a break. Just Even cats have funny five minutes, don't they? Okay. That's it. Do you know what? Again, you picked up something really, really good. If that five minutes is you screaming at the top of the voice, or do, or do one of my Zumba songs and really go for it, give yourself those five minutes. Or it might be laying down in a quiet room, no distractions, and just letting your thoughts wander. Or it could be a walk. Give yourself your time. It could just be five minutes. And that five minutes will pay much more dividends than you think. It really, really will. So how five minutes can change your life? Bestseller by Lisa Johnson. <laughs> yes. yes let's, yeah, let's come up with a list of all these things you can do for yourself in five minutes. <laughs> and even if you only feel better about yourself in those five minutes, right. it's a start. Yeah. You're not going to read a magazine. You're not going to have first five minutes and then feel good about yourself for the whole 23 hours and 55 minutes, you know, for the rest of the day, that, you know, but it will start to have an impact and it's small steps. Small steps get you to where you want to be and they ensure you stay there. A big leap doesn't. I don't, you know, I just feel, you know, you give yourself a mountain to climb, it's going to be um, too tough. You're not going to get started. You give yourself a little step to climb, that will get you there. Too overwhelming. It's too overwhelming to do mm. Yeah, and, and like it's a journey. It, <laughs> as you know, it really is a journey. Um, but it's a. It keeps you. It's you sort of once you step on that conveyor belt, it, you do carry on going because once you take that step onto it, you can't get off. So you just it just snowballs in a very lovely snowball. You know, you have the snowball effect. You know, the better you feel about yourself the more you're going to give yourself time. The more you're going to give yourself more time, the better you're going to feel about yourself. It's just almost a self-fulfilling circle of love now, as opposed to a self-fulfilling circle of hate. It, it really is. And then it'll bite you, come and bite you in the bum again. Always you know, have my days. I've got, of course, like you say, and everybody has them days. And like you said, it's about being aware of those days Oh, what it's going to be like forever and I think going back to this, the work I want to do with the with survivors that people that are just surviving is that they think the way they're feeling with these not being good enough is going to last forever because they don't know how to deal with it they don't know the wonderful therapies out there they don't make they're not aware of obviously coaching methods and things like what we are and self-coaching methods um they might not have as much resilience as what we you know what we show um but they think it's going to be forever but knowing that everybody worldwide goes through these dips you know self-doubt always bites you in the bum you know and don't get me wrong when you have suffered emo um, emotional abuse domestic abuse you are it is a bit it's quite painful it's you know those things come up obviously it, the things come up and um and it's gonna bite you but it's about knowing said oh okay that's why that's happened right let's take it back again now I've obviously not been in mind myself. Last, you know, let's take it back a bit. Let's just go and sit and have a cup of tea. You know, like something. Okay, or or you could be pushing yourself, like you're saying. Sometimes I'm going to do this, 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 and this. And coaches are like, yes, let's tick this off. When are you going to do that? By when are you going to do? This is what I don't. That's not how I coach. I do not coach as in, right? What are you doing? When are you doing it? I'm going to be like, how can we make sure you stick to that? What could come up and bite you in the bum? Is there something, your thought, a feeling, a word you're going to say to yourself that might come and bite you in the bum so you don't do that? How can we work through that? 
because it happens and it's about being aware of it and thinking right let's take it back now go back to simplicity you know go you know make yourself a smoothie <laughs> and, and it's simple things it's not easy but it's finding those mechanisms those tools those strategies through either a healthy you know through diet exercise coaching therapy. it's about your tools and strategies you have in place to be aware of where you're at and how you can bring it back down to an achievable act you know an achievable action because it's no good you using affirmations if you don't believe your affirmations i'm so glad you said that i think i think no. there's no use unless unless that, that yeah. has been done mm. i i love them now years ago yeah and i used to, i i gave all my affirmation cards away but but now yeah i i love but do you find that some days you just can't do it some days you're just like i'm not in that space yeah. like they just don't feel right <laughs> and it's about knowing you're in that space knowing that you're going to get back out of that space but survivors don't because they've lived with this emotional abuse and emotional damage for so long they can't see the way out of that and that's what you that's why i've opened the social enterprise because they might not be able to afford my services you know but they might not be aware of the services that are out there but we can through the social enterprise we can show them that oh i can show them that there is a way out yeah you've got to start small it's not going to happen overnight but you do not have to live your life just surviving and same with everyone. it's not just even survivors is it you know so many of us just survive like say like women that have put themselves last you do not have to live with that life of just surviving there is better out there you'll have days where you think you're just surviving we all have days where we just got to get through the day and we go to bed thinking oh thank god for that or we get spend the whole day thinking about when can we have a glass of wine we all have those days. I'm a healthy lifestyle. Oh, Fridays, I can't wait to open a bottle of wine. You know, we all have those days. But it's being confident and aware enough that those days will pass and how you can help yourself get past those days. This well, is hopefully, I, yeah, hopefully, hopefully <laughs> I can support women to make it a little bit easier. But like you say, you know, there's all like love, self love is all banded about now, isn't it? And it really really is um and everyone loves everybody else and 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 i like you say i hate i hate so i really dislike empty words and you can tell don't you think you can tell people come across and you're like mm, you've been a bit too over familiar here i'm a big one for getting to know someone first but when i first met you and there's so much love coming from you I felt that was authentic. That's why immediately we sort of clicked. Um, and other people I've met in the same circle, I've clicked because I felt it was authentic. Whereas the kiss in the air kind of people. <laughs> oh, darling, mwah, mwah, mwah. literally not actually having any physical contact. Um, that's not me, I'm a hugger. If I hug, I'm gonna give a proper hug. This social distancing is a nightmare for me at the moment because I can't hug every, I can't meet my clients face to face, I can't hug everybody um but it's got to come from here hasn't it and and to, to, to end the reason i can give it so much is because i've given it to myself now so i and because i've given it to myself now i receive it in bucket loads um, and don't get me wrong my self-belief isn't perfect it, it 
what really really isn't you know I, I've still got work to do on that but I receive a lot of love and a lot of appreciation because I spend time loving and appreciating myself and because of that I've got so much more to give and I can give openly you know and when I say I love you to someone random some people you know you barely know them and you're like do you know what I, I love you and there is a you know it, there's different loves isn't there but it is a genuine love for that person it really is I just I just think the more the more that I meet myself the more I can I can meet somebody powerfully if that makes mm. sense and mm. yeah mm. yeah I I really I'm really with you yeah I agree and that's the difference between belonging and fitting in isn't it wow that's and it is because that's the so that's what I've done I've tried to fit in I've tried to adapt I've tried to be who I should be to be say the words that people want me to I'm a very good communicator because I I match people's communicate ways methods of coming because I fit in I've become a master at fitting in but that doesn't fulfill me because it doesn't it's not where you belong if you have to work to fit in somewhere that's not where you belong and I'm finding places where I belong now I and I think that's what happened when I went self-employed you know I went self-employed as an admin bookkeeper because I'm clever you know that's what I should do I'm good with numbers I you know I'm a really I'm really good at admin you know I've done it for years and years and I was what I should be but I got to a point where I was miserable I'd had enough I wanted to turn up with me I wanted to turn up at network meetings in short skirts and big boots because that's me in my hoodie you know don't get me wrong I like how I look today I, I quite like myself today um but I wanted to dress as me you know I wanted to speak and this is a big thing for me. I wanted to speak with my London accent. Like, I don't have as much of a London accent as I did have and as much as my family still have. But I wanted to speak as me. If I drop my T's, it's not because I'm not good enough. It's because that's where I was. That's my dialect. And I love that. I, I so love yeah. that. I love that. It's, it's real. And, yeah, you know, where, where we've been from, where we've come mm. from is because... Because that compassion and that vulnerability, I think, is what net networks all of our hearts. Yeah. Being vulnerable, being open, it's hard. People find it hard to be vulnerable. And, mm. and that's just the one thing that heals and mm. that unites. And I think it's getting better. I think as a collective, I think it's getting better. Um, maybe it's because I'm more open. I'm certainly finding circles and that, that are more open um, and that now. I'm finding that too. Yeah courage yeah I think it's it's lioness levels of courage I really think so yeah I, I do when I first started sharing my story I'd have my nightmares would come back and you know I'd shake I'd you know I would get a lot more emotional but yeah like you but it gets easier it does. it does it does well it gets easy when you know it's having an effect on people if if it resonates with a, with somebody you know it's been worthwhile so um one person yes that's it life back to get themselves back wow i think yeah actually i'm gonna buy a loaf of brown bread not a loaf of white bread <laughs> that's it you know even like you know, all made me cry five minutes. that's what made me cry when you said about the uh i didn't know what i wanted to buy but i i was like that i was completely gone 
Uh, yeah, I saw you actually. And to be fair, I've never really thought that was a big thing until then. And I, I was so I was. Yeah, it, because it's just your life, not just, it's your life, isn't it? Like people say, you're so strong. And yes, I was strong and I'm courageous and I'm resilient. At the time, I didn't feel strong. You know, at the time, you're doing what you do because life goes on. Life happens, life goes on. I worked out what food I liked. You know, it was, and that was a good thing. That was a good time. It, yeah, it's upsetting, but. That was my freedom coming back to me, wasn't it? So, you know, it is a good, it was a good part of the story. You know, I, it's your choices. It's your choice. You can have a six pack of donuts. That's your choice. But you're also choosing to feel a bit rubbish afterwards. And that's fine because that is your choice. You've got to be in that place where you are aware of what choices you are making for yourself. And when you can get to that place where you make a choice based on your own good and based on self-care, that's a step forward, isn't it? Whether it's just one choice a day or five choices a day, doesn't matter. It's progress. Yeah, that's that's mm -hmm. wonderful. And I I love that you say it's it's it, 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 things can come back bite bite me in the bum. Things bite me in the bum all the time. Yeah, I'm okay with that. That's just life. It's and fine. And, and I get angry and wound up and and shout. And it's it, I'm so okay with that. I'm so okay with being human. Yeah. Which, I can be in that place of celebration. It's yeah. like, yay, I'm so angry. Woo. <laughs> it's yeah, what is that about? What is that anger about? It, you know, just think of think about it. Um, they don't own you, does it? That, that's just telling you something. That's that's all it is. And and it's uh, being able to know that you can come out of that. I think that's when you can embrace those feelings, isn't it? I think it's it's trusting yourself. And this is what hab habits, healthy habits, you know, habits um, form. They enable you to trust yourself so that when you do have that day, like I do, when I pig out all day, I, I'm all right with that. I, you know, on Saturday, I had way too, I sat there that night and, oh, I could tell my belly wasn't the greatest. It wasn't the most settled because I'd eaten a lot, a lot of the wrong stuff all day. And I was like, oh, that's why. But I didn't beat myself up about it because I knew I'd be back to my normal the next day. And that's the trouble when you get, you start feeling bad about something you've done or that you haven't achieved a goal. Or, and then, you know, because you've set yourself three Zumba classes a week when you, and you weren't going to be able to do that. And then you beat yourself up about it. It's going to, if you carry on beating yourself up, you're not going to get back to that place, that mindset where you're going to do it, are you? So you just got to let it go, let it go. You know, you just got to be like, ah, oh, messed up a bit today or, you know, but I enjoyed it. So who cares? Let's go again tomorrow. Yeah, that who was, cares? That was part of the journey. Yeah. 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 It is about who those days that you, those off days, those angry days, those days when you don't want to be positive, when you just want to wallow in negativity. Who cares? Yeah. crack on with it afterwards get over it acknowledge it work through it and then you can move on <laughs> exactly and that's a lovely way of of embracing and mm. not denying and not suppressing which yeah. is, which is healthy yeah exactly it's not just about healthy foods it's not just about healthy body it's about healthy mind as well really really is. i love that and um and lisa i love you <laughs> i love you too <laughs> really amazing i i think thank you i love your your heart yes thank you <laughs> and um 
t tell me your your website address or your so that the people listening on podcast can, can okay so i'm on facebook pearl lifestyles um at pearl lifestyles pearl, uh, well, pearl lifestyles or one word pearl yeah as in pearl as in the oyster something beautiful and valuable has been formed from a little irritant it oh. layers itself up and has emerged as the beautiful unique individual thing it is um it's it, also an, it's the c as well yes and it's also an anagram of my two sons initials actually <laughs> and i've got a tattoo of a pearl on my back <laughs> so it's all very integrated um so it's pearl lifestyles on facebook and it's pearllifestyles.com my website which will be going through some changes i think it's a little bit jumbled at the moment through my healthy lifestyle work and my survivors work well as i've been trying to work things out what i'm doing um but all the info of what i deliver is is on there and i'm also on instagram pearl lifestyles with lisa which is all about thriving after domestic abuse so my facebook page is my healthy lifestyle very positive does my challenges um and things and then my instagram page is more about thriving after abuse quite separate so um yeah so just come and find me on facebook um initially message me yeah wonderful well thank you so much thank you, thank you so much for for sharing your your courageous heart with with me and with us today that that will that will heal heal many hearts i hope so i hope so <laughs>